You're listening to Miss City Podcast, hosted by Lena and Daniela of Mystic Home. We created this podcast to share our passion of empowering people. We want to encourage you to find and connect with your own abilities and inner strength. Our aim is to help you breach the gap of being human and connect with your spiritual self. And by sharing our own experiences and reflections, we open up the conversation for mystical ideas and how to integrate them in our human lives. Welcome back to Mystic Podcast. Welcome. We're so excited today. We have a very special guest. Yes. Would you like to introduce our fabulous guest today? Absolutely. So Layla is, how do I even say this? I came out across Layla, um, I would say a few months ago, like about three to four months ago when I was um, on Danielle Page Instagram. And I follow her because I love her. If you guys don't know about her, she is an astrologist and she's really spot on in what she says. And I love that she has her own opinion and she doesn't really care about if people, you know, agree with her or not, which I think it's awesome. So anyway, she showed out to Lila and she said that um, she had to work with her and she was really, really incredible. And the thing is, for so long, I've been waiting for somebody that I could talk to that I could like connect in a very deeper level and when Danielle Page said something about her I just knew I had to see her Mm -hmm. I remember you talking about you know I wish I would find someone that could you know where I could discuss uh, some of the things that I'm now experiencing and now going into like talking to maybe multi-dimensional beings and things like that because it was pretty it's pretty I mean it's all pretty new to me the way everything is coming together. So anyway, I I knew I needed to see her and I booked her right away. And then I got to experience her magic. Yes. So Lila is an amazing human being. Her voice is just beautiful. She works with light language. She works with multidimensional beings. And she's also a singer. And I am so excited to introduce uh, Lila. So welcome in. Hi, thank you so much for that wonderful intro. I'm so pleased and honored to be here and just excited. (laughs) So tell us a little bit, we're so excited. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, um, I am, I am an intuitive channel and, and I'm a trance channel. So I, when I communicate with beings, I'm in a trance state. So my conscious mind isn't really filtering the information, information as such. I experience myself kind of going into this, um, I would say it was sort of like a, an energy ball of light where I just feel like I'm consciousness, like I'm void of a name, of a label, of an identity, and it's just energy. And I sort of go to these other places in the multidimensional universe and I communicate with these beings in real time um, based off of the asking. So, you know, when I do a session with someone, when I channel with someone, I sort of get um, the understanding that, and I've done, you know, so many sessions now and I've worked with so many different kinds of people that, you know, the other, the participants are an equal and important part of this channeling experience. So it's the intention that's brought forward from the other party that then allows the, the information to sort of come through sort of mag- magnetically. Um, and I'm just the vessel for that. And um, this really all started, um, I would say, two years ago. Um, and, you know, really, when I was younger, I was a very sensitive child. And, you know, I didn't, I hardly cried as a baby. Like, I was just very peaceful all the time. And, um, you know, when I, you know, opening up my gifts now, I I look back to moments in my childhood where I had these sort of gifts and abilities. And I was sort of like squashing it down because I didn't want to be perceived as, as weird. And, you know, you're a child and you want to fit in. Um, but I could see auras. I, you know, I wouldn't go in certain rooms in people's homes because, you know, there was a portal open. And of course, right, I didn't have the language for that as a child. And, and I think I got to a point where I was like eight or nine and I was <laughs> discussing this with one of my friends and they were like, what are you talking about? And then I sort of realized, wow, I thought everyone could do this. Like, I thought this was a natural part of our reality. Um, and so I sort of 
I wanted to be perceived as, you know, accepted, right, as you do as a, as a child. And so I used my highly empathic abilities and I sort of funneled it through um, acting. And so I started doing theater and dance. And I was a really, I was a good actor. And the reason for that is I wasn't a good acting student, I would say, because I, I would be terrible at the techniques of like, you know, finding an action for the word or, you know, whatever technique it was. But I was a good actor. And, and they would be like, how did you get there? What is the work that you did? Like, how did you find the, the character's backstory and, and truth? And I was like, it's just a frequency. Like, you just tap into it. Like, <laughs> like it's a frequency. And, and they were just kind of like, okay, well, it works. So, <laughs> um, but so, I, so then I thought, you know, well, acting is sort of a way where I can showcase the truth of another and I can, you know, acting is sort of the human story in a way and the human journey. And I didn't understand this until I got into my, you know, in the phase that I am in now and the consciousness that I have, but it is my first time experiencing life as a human on this planet. Um, I've had past life experiences, you know, in Lumeria and Atlantis, but those I would qualify as more as um, inner earth experiences. So they didn't actually happen on the earth, but they're more within the earth and we can get into that a bit later. But so, so I, I do think that my guides in a way were sort of allowing that journey for me to take place creatively through acting to really experience the range of emotions in a safe space, in a safe container of what it means to be human so that I could relate and, and interact with people in a human way. And also understand the human story and the human journey while still being empathic and not really having to shut anything down, just using it in a different way. Um, and so I went to college to study theater and, and acting. And um, I had, you know, my second year in, in college, I kind of had a series of, you know, family events and family tragedies. And, and I, you know, at that point was suffering with anxiety and depression and I didn't really know how to make sense of the world. And I was going through, you know, you know, a crumbling of life <laughs> around me. And you, of course you don't see it in that way when it's happening. Um, but sometimes pain and, and, you know, devastation and loss is sort of the biggest awakening we can have. Um, so I think I was just kind of going through that process. And so I took time off from school. And in that time, I, you know, sort of went back to meditating, which is an activity I did as a child, you know, of my own volition. And I went back to that state and, um, you know, I would enter what felt like extremely blissful experiences when I was in meditation. And, and it wasn't, you know, I didn't do any sort of like practice or like I didn't have a certain technique of, you know, this is how you're supposed to meditate. It was just like a decision to, to just sit in the room and then do what I felt was best. Um, and, you know, and then I started, you know, learning about the subconscious mind and transforming limiting beliefs and perceptions. And um, I started working with a shaman and I, I was sort of getting into this world that I was really interested in as a child. And I sort of remembered all these experiences that I had, these mystical experiences, if you will, as a child. Um, that really brought me home to, to who I was and who I authentically felt that I was. And a week before I was about to go to school, I had an experience where I felt an anxiety attack coming on. Now, I hadn't had an anxiety attack since, you know, I took time off, really. And so it was kind of odd to me that I was experiencing it. And I went into my mom's room and she was sort of facilitating this beautiful, like, healing meditation. And automatically, I felt like my body had transported into another like desert terrain area and I was in the middle of this like circle of rocks and I felt this rainbow light sort of engulf me and it was the most beautiful feeling of unconditional love that I've ever felt before and then out into the distance I saw these two humanoid blue looking things walk towards me and then that's the last thing I remember I thought I went to bed right and I woke up with what felt like you know, six hours later, and <laughs> my whole body felt like it changed. I mean, I'm not a flexible person, but after that experience, 
every cell in my body was vibrating and I was able to lift my knee to my head like an acrobat. And my mom was like, are you okay? And I was like, am I okay? I was like, I feel great. Thanks for that meditation. <laughs> like, oh, I feel so great. Um, and she's like, do you remember what happened? And I was like, yeah, I mean, you know, you told me to visualize this. And then I felt like I was there and I saw this light engulf me and I saw these two beings and I went to bed. It was awesome. And she was like, that's it? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, no, <laughs> like, um, you were channeling. And I was like, I was what? <laughs> she was like, you were channeling these, these two beings from the Andromeda galaxy. It was a collective of them. And they came through and your voice changed dramatically. It sounded robotic. And, and they were telling us about this transition that was happening on the earth and that earth was going through an ascension and that you were here and it was time to start your mission. And that theater is something that you were doing, but it's time to like move on to what you're actually here to do. And I was like, what are you, I, I was like, this is too much. Like, thank you. But like, what are you actually talking about? And she was like, no, I recorded it. And I was like, okay. So she, you know, put on her voice memos on her phone and she pressed play. And I, what I began to listen to was something that I couldn't even conceptualize because I mean, we had, you know, I'd grown up in, in, you know, you can call it like a spiritually mind, open-minded family. You know, I was doing vision boards by the age of nine and like listening to Abraham Hicks as, as like a fifth grader. Like, um, and, and so this world of channeling wasn't new to me, but it was just, it was never something that occurred to me that I could do. And what I began to hear was this, like, it sounded very direct. It, the vibration of it was very loving, but my voice completely changed and altered. And, and I was like, you know what? I really do love doing accents. Like, the, as an actor, like, I love experiencing the different, like, tongues of this earth experience and, and the different frequencies of that. But I couldn't alter my voice to do that. And I tried, and it didn't even match up to it. So there was already something there that was happening. And there, the languaging was different. There, there was more formal. It was language that I wouldn't, you know, you know, speak on my own volition. It was it completely different and showed me different words and, and that I had no idea existed. Um, and I was like, okay, this is interesting. Um, I was like, how do I, what do we do? And she was like, I don't know. They said, if you wanted to do it again, you just need to meditate more to sort of integrate the energies. And as that experience was happening, you know, although I wasn't consciously aware, after listening back to it, I had remembered I saw these sort of symbols, which I didn't know was light language at the time, but it, it held a vibration with each symbol. It was like such a present moment experience for me that I was like an opening or a gateway, a code almost to get into this space. And so the next day we, we, you know, channeled again and I sort of set the intention and so did she. And, you know, my head kind of started moving and my eyes were open, but my head started moving and I started, you know, writing those symbols again and completely went into a trance state and, you know, they came through and they offered more sort of information on what's taking place and, you know, answered all my mom's questions if she had any but the thing was, is I was going back to school, right? So I was going back to college in a week and I was like, I don't know how to, how do I negotiate this? I mean, I have this new ability kind of that I don't even know it was real. There was still a lot of like imposter syndrome and what's actually taking place and like, are these beings of light? Like, how do I understand that? And then there was the other part of me that really did enjoy acting still but I was just, it was in this, I was in this transition phase, this sort of bridge of, of who I was and who I had identified myself as to who I was becoming. And so I went back to school ultimately. And um, in that time, it was very interesting because I would, you know, go to acting class and I'd come back in my dorm and I'd sit and meditate and I'd FaceTime my mom and we'd start channeling. So it was like, <laughs> yeah, it was really a multidimensional experience because I would have these, uh, you know, I was kind of like living a double life. My friends would be like, hey, like, let's, you know, go to rehearsal. And I didn't tell anyone about this really until um, I think the end of 
of that semester in which I was like, you know, this high school, this college degree doesn't really hold that much value to me. And, and, and it was literally like, I'm being pulled, I'm being pulled in another direction to live my life. And so that's kind of how the, the channeling started. And the light language aspect, I think, was always there. It was just, um, you know, and the thing that I say about channeling is, is I just, the more that I, that I use this gift and ability, the more it shifts and changes. And so I never grip onto, this is exactly how I channel, and this is exactly how it's always going to come out, because it's always constantly changing. Like, I don't channel with my eyes open anymore, and my head doesn't kind of go everywhere anymore you know, there's a twitch in my body maybe, or I don't write light language symbols anymore. I sing them. So, so it really shifts and changes. And I think, again, it kind of keeps me on my toes. Like I can never be too sure of what's going to happen when I go in a session with someone and, and how it's going to unfold. But I just trust that it will always unfold in the way that is divinely right for both me and any other's highest good. I think that's great to hear also that, you know, like anything in life, nothing is always the same. You have to go with the flow. And if you start controlling something too much, then that might be a crutch for you. And who knows? Like, like you said, you were connecting with these multidimensional beings, but who knows what's going to be next? Then you're just like limiting yourself for maybe the next, next part of your journey. And yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, in the beginning, I thought I was just channeling the Andromedans. And then, you know, the more that I stayed open to it, and the more that I was like, okay, I'm not gripping on to this, this is how I channel, the Pleiadians came in, and the Arcturians, and these other, you know, multidimensional beings, these hybrids of, you know, a hybrid aspect of myself in a future timeline that's already gone through Earth's ascension came through. <laughs> and like, and, and it, it, connecting to these multidimensional aspects of myself. And, and then, the, you know, the ascended masters and, you know, any kind of being or collective you can think of came through. And I think, you know, ultimately, I think we all have this ability. I know that we all have this ability. And, and I do feel that there are some channels on this planet that, you know, it's there you know, um, path to, you know, maybe just channel and connect with one specific race or being or collective, you know, like Abraham, like that's, that's the thing. And that's, I think it's important to note as well with, with channeling and really with any of these spiritual gifts and abilities is they don't really come out of nowhere. They are kind of something that's divinely timed, not only to our, you know, you know, our birth chart, if you want to think of it in that way, but also like as a result of collective asking, Absolutely. And, you know, you know, the guides kind of like speak about time as like an orchestration of vibration. And they bring in this great example of, of, you know, when humans, you know, the collective consciousness needed ways of transportation, they manifested horses and carriages. They manifested like um, walking pathways and bicycles and then eventually cars and, and now that the consciousness is raised, they're manifesting planes and trains and faster ways of operation. And it's always a match to our collective um, vibration and, and our level of density to some degree and our level of consciousness. So I think the faster we're able to get things, it's just a manifestation of our consciousness. And I think it's also a manifestation that we're all kind of rising in our frequency. So it's not uncommon for these gifts and abilities that we've always had to just sort of be that much more heightened absolutely and i also think going back a little bit from the beginning i think it's very important something that you said because i definitely feel this when you say my gifts are as important as that person that is asking for that energy to come through because for me when for example when i start a session i need for them to talk because when they start talking i start to connect to or they start to show me their energies and what they want to say about what they're saying. So sometimes it's not even their question, it's like their energy that speaks directly to them. So then they can speak to them. If that, like, I, that's a little bit, and, but I think it's very important to know that, like you say, anybody has these gifts. And when it comes to being that channel, it's like we are as important as the question itself, as the seeking itself, as this, you know, wanting to connect to something 
wider and bigger than what we think we are, you know? So I think it's very, very interesting to say that because like you said, sometimes if they're just like, hi, and I'm like, I, no, <laughs> if you don't talk to me, if you don't ask me, like I have no, nothing to come from. I mean, of course they would have, if they really don't want to say anything, then I can even go on that. But it's very important for, for them to come in with that intention because that's what kind of sparks them the communication, if that makes sense. And I also can relate a lot to, and I can even say this, to what you're saying about your abilities changing all the time. Because what happened is even after our session, when was our session again? Was it like on October or like September last year or something like that? Um, yeah, or something like on summer. Yeah, something like that on summer last year. So what happened was that what I was looking for is that I was looking, so you guys know, I was looking to know how, because I was feeling, and I even told Lena this, that I felt like new beings were coming in my energy field and that I didn't know like how to keep on channeling them because it definitely felt like it was a higher vibration than I've ever been able to channel. So what I thought was interesting about the session with Laila was that they were saying, their beings were saying, you know, letting me understand that I was able to not only channel certain, you know, spirits or guides, but I could connect to pretty much the whole universe. Mm -hmm. And it was very interesting because I used to do, like you said, the three-way call of like me, my consciousness kind of translating their things. And that's the way I feel really comfortable channeling. And the last few months, it comes that, like you said, I close my eyes because I'm more and more and more, the more I allow my body to get off, the more I'm off. Like I, my, I sent Lena and I were laughing about this the other day because my, I'm doing these meditations and I go into a trance that my whole face changes and I make these voices that I don't even, they sometimes are, they're very different sometimes, but sometimes they're very rusty and, and, and you can feel the difference of vibration for sure. But like you say, it changes all the time. So I think being not really having a technique, you, like you said, even at the beginning, it's like I, I didn't have a technique. I didn't have this a specific way to going into meditation other than just sitting in meditation and allowing things to happen. And I think that sometimes we get so caught up in the like ABC way of doing things or what's the technique, what's the secret? And really is to just open up. Yeah, and then also not allowing your human self to be in the way. It's like, oh my God, if you're doing a video with, you know, the people in your mastermind, yeah, and oh, my face might look weird, or maybe my voice is changing, what are they thinking? Just allowing that to happen and just being accepting of it. Because yeah. yes, it is a little bit strange. We actually went back through your recording the other day, and we're like, okay, this is your voice, this is your voice. I'm like, that's not your voice that's definitely a different voice. And then like, you could see it like that mm -hmm. coming in waves mm -hmm. kind of. But I, I really, what I really admire about Lila too, was like her ability to just be in joy while allowing her body to be a vessel of bigger communication, what you could say. And what we talked about them, I had a, a couple of weeks ago, I had a, a call with my mastermind. And I usually, when I go in trance like Lila does, usually in a one-on-one -on -one conversation, but this was my group call with my mastermind, which were seven people just looking at me while I went like <laughs> so weird in my face. And I felt my human self saying like, I probably look so weird right now, but the energy was so strong that I couldn't. I mean, if you try, like you said, if you try to stop it, then you can't really be the channel that you're supposed to be. So I just let it be. And it was really intense. And and then afterward, I was so, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to go back to the recording and see how I look like. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow, I look so weird. But then again, even looking at myself so weird, I was like, I would be spooked out if it was in me. But the vibration of their words is just so beautiful that it's so, so worth it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and you know, I so, I relate to that. And I think in the beginning, you know, there was a sense of like, why do I sound like that? Or like, are these beings of light? Cause my voice doesn't sound like that. <laughs> you know, it's just cause it sounds very different. And, and you know, it's a lot of what we have on the planet right now, because a lot of it is rooted in unconsciousness. We're used to distorted frequencies. We're used to not having energies that actually support our structure. So then when channeling comes in and this vibration comes in and we hear it to our human ears, 
we think, oh, that's so weird, or we see it and we're like, oh, that looks a little strange. It's not actually strange. And, you know, instead it's just we're so used to to having things genetically modified or having the distortion of frequencies because that's just the manifestation of, of the, the collective consciousness that we're on right now. I do think it's changing though. And I do think, you know, the more of us who step into our gifts and are just like, just accepting of them, the more we're not only enabling other people to see that this is also something that they have within it, should they choose to tap into it, but also we're just grounding that energy on the planet as well because, you know, and the guides sort of explain this in a really beautiful way that was kind of mind blowing as well is, you know, we have this human consciousness, this human collective that we see around us. We see the, the human race around us and we see the animal collectives and we see the nature collectives and all of that. But everything that we see outside is a mirror image that's flipped in our mind. So is the collective outside of us or is it really within? Do you see what I mean? Because it's like we're seeing it outside, but what are we using to see? We're using our eyes. And so our eyes, it's, it's projecting light that's captured in our retina. It flips it in our mind and then we're able to see it outside, projected. So is, the, is anything really outside or is it all within, right? It's an interesting sort of thing to, to sort of think about, but... But I think, you know, ultimately, the more that we're just moving into that space of being true to ourselves and moving into that space of trust and surrender and, and that sense of oneness, that we're really not separate from anything, but it's just a collective of energies that's already within us, then I think, you know, we'll ultimately start to see more of that on the planet. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I totally yeah. agree. And that's such a, like, these things, and I was actually explaining this not too long ago to also to my mastermind, like this idea is that our, our third dimensional mind is just so mind blowing, like so mind blowing to even, you can't even comprehend the massiveness of where we live yeah. <laughs> and the possibilities that are out there and all the things that, you know, are with us, within us. So it's so interesting to go into these topics with you and what I want to mention about Lila is that, she, well, it seems like you grew up in a very supported spiritual family that, you know, didn't really see things as weird, even though, like you say, well, that channeling stuff was like way too weird. <laughs> but how was for you to like grow up with this connection and to be able to like, when you realize other people are like, oh, this is not how other people see it. How was that for you to be like, oh, am I different or what's what's happening there? Yeah, I mean, I think definitely, you know, and this is the interesting thing, right, is we, we choose our experience. So we even choose our family and we choose the sort of trajectory of, of experience that, that we wish to have that can best support us in our journey. And, you know, when I was younger, I, you know, we were still open to these, you know, spiritual concepts, if you want to call it that. But there was still a large part of my life where it was very dense and it was very like slow moving and everything just seemed like a struggle. And like, you know, I was living in lack, my parents were living in lack and, and it was just, everything was so drawn out and it was such a struggle, a day-to-day -day activity. And there was still that sense of joy and peace. Absolutely. But you know, and it's funny because looking back, I'm like trying to remember. And the thing that happens is when you raise in your consciousness, you kind of like integrate that lower dimensional timeline or that slower speed into your structure. So you don't view it as like as dense as it was. So it's kind of hard for me to get, get into what, what was that experience exactly for me? Because what I simply remember is, is were there times of, of like difficulty and, and struggle and density? Absolutely. But were there equal times of, of joy and of, of happiness and acceptance and support? Absolutely. And so I think for me, it just, you know, understanding these gifts was never something that I felt I needed to have a conversation with someone about. It was just something that I experienced in the now. Like I was so present as a child. And I think as children, we always are. And I think in that presence, it enabled me to just 
really like be here now. I wasn't caught up in, in the mind of how, you know, why can I only see auras and other people can't? It didn't even cross my mind. It was just, this is what I'm experiencing. And this is the only thing I can experience because so long as I'm in the present moment, this is the only thing that's real, you know? And, the, and it's really interesting that I'm speaking about this because one of the main messages that have sort of been um, coming through me is a series of downloads with, you know, the Archangel Collective that I communicate and channel is a lot of understanding about what the present moment is and, and how we've kind of been taken away from that. Not that we can never not experience the present. It's not even difficult for us to experience the present, but rather we've been so trained in the mind that's situated in past or future or a story of how is this going to seem to another person or, or what, what are they perceiving of me and, and X, Y, and Z that we're restricting ourselves from experiencing the utter liberation that being in the present moment allows. And when we're in the present, we're not like, oh, what does that person think of me? We're kind of like, this is exactly what I'm experiencing and it's beautiful and there's no question about anything. So I think I really had that sense of presence as a child. And again, I think we all do. And, and um, I think that was something that I was sort of restricting when I grew up is, is restrict, restrict, restricting access to the present moment because I was then so caught up in how other people are perceiving this. And I still want to fit in because I'm a child. Um, and what are my parents going to think of me? as we kind of do, right? That's sort of the nature. That's also the human story. And I don't think that that's even something, you know, to be judged. And there was a long time where, you know, looking back on my life, I did judge it. And I was like, oh gosh, why did I do that? Like I could have been in so much of a better place. <laughs> and, and the thing is, is, you know, I think we can't, we can't really judge our experiences in the past, you know, because we only did what we did with the consciousness that we had and with the understanding of life that we had and that matched the level of consciousness of the planet as well, you know? So Absolutely. I cannot yeah. agree more than that. It's like, I think, and even remembering that now, even though yes, our collective as a collective, we are, you know, evolving and being able to connect more towards this like multidimensional part of us. I also believe that it's very important to continue to understand that everybody's acting the, like they're, everybody's doing the best they can within the consciousness that they are able to access at this point. Um, so I also think that's very important to say. And I am just having this thing that I wanted to ask you before I forget. It's about, so this is, this is when it comes to light language, shifting things a little bit. But so when I'm channeling, when I'm channeling these things, and especially lately, I feel like it's hard because their frequency comes in such like such an energetic, I feel it's such an energetic way that sometimes when I'm translating, like the other day I was, I was seriously recording this meditation and they came up with a word and I was like, is that even an English word? Like, what is that? And most of the time when I'm trying to translate, sometimes I don't even... I don't even have the words to explain to what they're saying, even though sometimes there's a dripping, like they drip the words. So I know what it is. You receive it as words all the time. Not all the time. And that's the thing. Sometimes it's like, I feel the crown of my head. There's the dripping of like, you stay here. Like little by little, they drop each word to me, but sometimes it's just such a vibration that what I'm, what I'm, getting at this is sometimes I feel like there's not even a language to express or to even translate their vibration. And I was thinking about this actually today. And I was like, I'm actually at this point, I feel like maybe tired of, of lang the language that we have or kind of over it because I feel like there is not enough words to express or it's very limiting and it doesn't even match what we need to communicate in this moment in the planet. Mm -hmm. And it was such a weird thing to even think about. But another person from the mastermind asked me the other day, she's like, you know, I was listening to the meditation and I got so frustrated because there were some words that I couldn't understand. And I said, don't even try to listen to the words because my words mean nothing. Mm -hmm. Literally, I am, my words are literally just trying, just, you know, the best shot at what I'm feeling and what this energy is doing to your frequency. But words are just, you know, 
like I don't even have meaning in them anymore. I don't know if that makes any sense. So when it comes to light language, I, I wonder because I've never felt, I mean, I don't, I have no connection to the light language actually. So I wonder if that's for you, when you sing in light language and when you bring this frequency down, does it feel more, how do you say, more truth to their frequency than the English language or, you know, I don't know if you, are you where are you from, by the way? Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, I'm from New York, <laughs> but my lineage, my, my ancestry is from India, Got it. so I'm Indian. Um, yeah, you know, it's really interesting, and I think language is such a fascinating thing, and, and it's definitely like, you know, the English language even is so choppy. It's so block like it just moves in blocks and it doesn't sound pretty you know it's not considered even a love language you know if we want to bring into human terms like whereas Spanish might be a little bit more fluid and moving and um and I think you know on the planet when they had civilizations that were more multi-dimensional in nature like you know Lumeria or Atlantis I believe that they had frequencies in which were more elongated and and not so stagnant and choppy like English. And again, this is like you said, just a byproduct of our unconsciousness and our and our human consciousness is communicating with this language that's so in blocks, you know? Um, and you know, the question of do I feel it's different when I'm translating and singing in light light language or more truth, I think it's for me, you know, when I'm channeling human words, messages, there's a large vibration that I feel is affecting people beyond the words. So the words are coming out and, and it's, the words are helpful be, because people come to me and they're like, I want to know about my career and, and my potentials in this life. And so, right, the intention is there. So obviously they're going to get that sort of conscious awareness, if you want to call it that, through the messages in English. But even beyond the words, there is so much happening. And I see it all the time. I see that like their, their structure upgrading. I see these new timeline potentials coming in because they're vibrationally changing as a result of engaging with this multidimensional frequency and energy. When the light language comes in, it's really interesting because I still feel that upgrading happen, but I feel it happen on sort of the level of healing and integration, if that makes sense. Because the light language, and the, you know, this is what I wanna say is everyone has access to light language. It's, it's a, you know, light language is a universal sound. It's, a, it's sort of like how everyone is connected to the Akash. Light language is as big as the Akash. And within that, there are many different dialects and there's different, you know, races that have different yeah. languages and, and, Within that experience, everyone and every being in the universe has a connection to light language, whether that's through sound and song, whether that's through writing, whether that's through even just feeling it, like feeling that the light language is coming through even though you're translating something in English. It's always there. So that's the first thing I wanna say, but there are different purposes for light language as well. And some of them can just be like disseminating information as you would a channeled message in English, but just, you know, putting that information out there and, you know, it's not meant to be understood by the conscious mind. I think there are some conduits on the planet who, you know, have that unique ability within their structure to be able to translate what that light language meant or get it through, you know, a poetic format or whatever it is. For me, I don't understand <laughs> what I'm saying. Um, I know and I trust that it's affecting those who engage with this, you know, channeled material. And I've experienced it as well. When I listen to my transmissions, I feel that vibration. I see it. I, I feel it upgrading me. And so then the question kind of becomes, well, how do I know that it's actually working? Right. Because I feel like this is something that I definitely, you know, dealt with when I started my journey is how do I trust that these are actually tones that are coming from that highest truth, truth, that highest source? How do I know I'm not making this up like gibberish, like and calling it light language? <laughs> like, you know, there was a lot of that, like feeling like a fraud again, feeling that imposter syndrome come up. 
And it was honestly something that I just had to accept. And it's really interesting. And I, you know, I say this as a message for anyone who's feeling um, like they might have these gifts within them or, you know, when they're in dance class, they start dancing light language. It's another form of, of translating energy as well. But they're like, I don't know if I'm doing this. You know, ultimately when these, when these questions come up, it's not only just our conscious minds trying to negate the process, but there's a larger aspect that we try to negate our uniqueness and we try to negate who we are in our fullness and as we're evolving because to accept that you have this unique ability that's always been there, but to fully look at it and see it as an integrated part of you, you know, it's like me saying I have brown hair, you know, I, I accept I have brown hair and therefore I, I just have it. It just is, you know, these gifts and abilities, they just are. But when we bring in the mind and say, well, I don't know if it's actually real, or I don't know if I'm making up the experience that I'm feeling, we're resisting our natural urge of acceptance and, and self-acceptance and self-love and, and, and seeing the self in its fullness and its full multidimensional form. And so when I actually accepted that this, you know, what if, what if this is actually an ability that has the potential to heal people? What if I decide to listen to that voice? You know, what if I decide to actually embody that truth? So I tried it out for a week just to see what it was like to embody that truth. And it felt good and it felt free. And here's the thing is, is, you know, I think moving into this new timeline, this new dimension, this new paradigm, you know, fifth dimension, whatever you want to call it, is ultimately we have to change the way we do everything. And so whereas we might look to truth in a scientific-based studies or, um, you know, the proof in, in measurements and whatnot, that doesn't work so much or it holds the same level of, of validity of, of experience or result. You know, in this fifth dimension, in the new paradigm, maybe you experience something because we can only really understand what we experience. And that's kind of the mystery and the, the beauty of what it means to be human as well, because Ultimately, we're all these multidimensional beings, but we all have very unique understandings and ties and gifts to that multidimensionality. So all we can do is just bring what we got to the table, because even if we channel and someone else channels as well, their channeling is so unique to yours that it doesn't even become about comparison. It's just like two different colors and we need both. You know, we need everyone's gifts and abilities to come to the forefront, to offer it to the planet, because that is how we can co-create in the highest good, you know, for everyone. Totally agree. Yeah, mm. yeah that's, that's so, in, so beautiful. And like you said, it's like, the more we honor and fully embody this, you know, multidimensionality that we have within, like you said, is just only like adding on to the collective healing in collective evolution and possibilities of, like you said, moving onto this new paradigm that we are transitioning at the moment. So very interesting. Mm -hmm. On that, I do have a question. I also have a question. Okay, go. Okay. <clears throat> so you were talking before a little bit about like connecting with different angels or archangels and then also multidimensional beings and then maybe spirits. How do you do you feel it differently when you connect to different types of beings and how, how do you experience that? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, when I first started, you know, and I'll start there because I just want to illustrate how, it, how exactly this can shift and change for everyone and the importance of staying open to it is, you know, when I first started channeling, I was like, okay, this is great. This is fine. You know, I felt I would feel my energy literally shift in a, I, like it just like went 180 and I was more of a kinesthetic feeler. You know, I would feel my body turn into consciousness, like, and I would feel the communication with the Andromedans who, I, who were my gatekeepers sort of step in. I felt that very strong, direct, you know, it felt kind of masculine energy, very loving, but just like, this is the deal and this is ascension and let us explain. I felt that energy and I, you know, um, Daniela talked about her face changing, and I think that's something that's also 
in channeling sometimes is you're, you know, when you channel, you're accessing this like plasmic state of vibration. And these light beings, they live, they exist in a plasmic state. And we have that plasma within us. It's just a matter of accessing it. And sometimes when we access that plasma, it, it's unique to everyone. So sometimes people's faces change or they feel like their exoskeleton sort of morphing in a way. And I, you know, I've seen it. I've, I've, you know, I've seen some channels and how they work and even like body workers as well. I see their face shapeshift and that's a very natural thing because they're accessing that plasma and it just so happens to go through their body and morph their face. Sorry, just to say that when you like, because you say it's so deep, like you say in the plasma within you in like you actually your DNA, like the way my face changes, it's like, I imagine this like lava coming through my face and my whole face drips down in a way that my lips make such an my lips get so heavy that that's how my voice changes because I can't open my mouth the way I usually do because it just shifts in a very, like very weird direction. So like you say, it's as if your structure changes. And I tried just you know, kind of imitate that with you, mm -hmm. just kind of funny. And I was like, I, I can't, I can't make my face go down. <laughs> like, I literally can't. So it's very interesting that I think it's so deep within what you say, accessing like the change of your physical body. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's just, you know, we all have this plasma within and, and when we access it, we're going to access it so uniquely. So, so in the beginning, I could feel my, you know, plasma accessing more of that kinesthetic feel and, and, and accessing more of that field of vibration. Like it felt like an energy that was in my body. And so I would feel my face sort of shift did and it, even my mom, did, I'm sorry. Did it ever scare you? Once you felt that? Yeah. I mean, when I first started channeling, absolutely. I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> like, I, I was definitely, you know, a little scared. And, and then, you know, I kind of remembered that I have all the tools that I need already. And if I was really divinely in the highest good meant to be experiencing this, then it couldn't hurt me. Mm -hmm. So I leaned more into that that trust and that surrender in it, then, you know, in the beginning, I would say, yeah, there were beings that I don't think were serving the highest good, but that was just from trial and error. And then once I realized the difference of what that felt like and the difference even in the messages that came through, so you asked me, you know, how do I tell the difference between the different energies and beings coming through? You know, in the beginning, it was really a, a trial, a trial and error. And ultimately all the guides were doing was just making sure that my discernment technology was, was really integrated. And, and, and so it became, okay, well, I'm kinesthetically feeling this and the vibrational words that come through sound very limiting and they sound um, very dogmatic and, and, and you know, um, this is what you have to do. And, and that just, it was just an energy resonance that just didn't feel good. And so in the beginning, my process was more kinesthetically based. And then as I just stayed open to how it could shift and change. And, you know, in the beginning, I was like, well, I used to see auras as a kid. Like, why can't I see auras again? And I was really like, I want to see auras. Like, that was super cool. <laughs> and I, was like, I don't want to be channeling. I want to see auras. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, the, the gift of seeing is, is, is a form of channeling as well. It's being able to see many different like, light spectrums and channel those energies in as well. And, and I think the less resistance I had to that and the more I was open to it shifting and changing, you know, I, my gift of seeing came back online. Now, it wasn't as strong as when I was a kid of like just like seeing auras left and right whenever I go, wherever I go, but it was my mind's eye was, was so open. And so in my channeling experience, I could see these beings in my mind's eye and I could communicate with them because I already had that, you know, ability to discern whether this was you know, a being of the highest good or not. And, and within that experience, you know, I could see these beings in front of me and, and, you know, I could see, you know, you know, an ascended master step forward as a response to the question. And so it was really just accepting exactly what I was experiencing within each moment that I was experiencing it. And even now, like I feel my channeling gifts, you know, changing in a way, instead of me, you know, and this is only something that's recently happened in the past two days, you know, instead of me feeling like a consciousness where I go to, you know, this dimension and that dimension and that planetary system and whatnot, it just feels like they're all in a room with me.
and and it's, it's just so crazy that you just mentioned this because and this is why I always tell like we're always evolving it's such a wonderful thing it's such an amazing journey because this is the way so I was this is why I don't listen to many podcasts but just put it out there just you know limit the amount of podcasts or the amount of information I receive because I do everything without telling people telling me the techniques or the teachings or whatever and the way these channelings were coming through me I just literally say on and I shift like my my I shift for a second and it take it takes me like a couple of seconds and then I started thinking the last week like should I be doing something different? Like I know that people are supposed to, what I've heard is that people go to different dimensions. So maybe I'm going to have my body go to these different dimensions. So today, actually, I was recording a meditation and I said, okay, so because I heard that people were doing it that way, I'm going to try to do it that way. <laughs> so I did the same of thinking my, okay, my body, and I saw my body going to different, you know, like planets or dimensions. I don't know. And then I was like, you know, but I, it, it didn't feel the same. I was like, okay, but that's, that's cool. But I don't, I don't know, maybe I'm not supposed to do that. I don't know. But then I started doubting my ability to just for one second to the next be in that vibration. They come in. I don't know who they are. I don't really ask who they are, but I say, if you ask me a question right now, I could go into trends in like a second. And I started to doubt that. I was like, how does it come? Like it must be again, the imposter syndrome it must be me making this up because how can it be that they're just so right there but it's like you say it's like trusting the way things go for you and what you're experiencing at that moment and sometimes i feel like when we listen when we listen to other people's experience and we try to mirror that experience or try to do it the way people say it was supposed to be it's absolutely detrimental to our own ability to evolve at that uniqueness that you say we need every color. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was thinking about that, just what you said before, that, you know, we all have different tools and they're all needed. Like your way of accessing it might be different from someone else that goes here and there. Doesn't mean one way is better than the other. Yeah. So I think, again, coming back to that trust within that this is my way. And if you feel it like this is for the higher good or this is, you know, for from my higher self or whatever you want to call it, like it's the right way. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's so interesting that you just said that, that your things shift because I remember today feeling like, well, but I know that other people do it this way. So I'm going to try and it didn't really work for me. So I think I'm going to stick to, to the way I do things, but thank you for, thank you for saying that. And please continue. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I just want to add on to, to that revelation as well. Cause I think it's something that you know, especially in like the spiritual and conscious spaces is so kind of deeply embedded unconsciously, you know, we do deeply want to have these connections. And when we hear someone else's experience, we're like, wow, I wish I could do that. Like, I'll just set my intention when I go in meditation and I'll just do this thing, like you kind of said. And the thing with that is other people's experiences with connecting with, you know, their unique gifts and abilities isn't meant to make you feel less than. Ultimately, they're just showcasing back to you the gifts and abilities and the uniqueness that you have. Because the only reason why that person has the connection that they have is because they so deeply trusted their uniqueness. And so this is why, you know, there's so many tools and processes and courses on, you know, how to channel, how to, you know, even like Reiki training, you know, there's so many Reiki practitioners out there and, you know, I'm one of them. I was attuned when I was 10 and, <laughs> and even in that experience of, of Reiki, the way that I um, use that energy is different than my sister, even though we were trained and initiated and attuned by the same teacher. And this is for everyone. Like, there is not a single person on the planet that can use that Reiki in the same exact way as another. And that's the gift is, is we, I think we kind of, you know, it's, it's not uncommon to sort of say, well, you know, this practice of this course of learning how to channel like worked for someone, but I don't really believe in those uniform practices because it kind of like, negates our uniqueness and in a way it's trying to funnel that uniformity that we already have in the world of like everyone needs to be the same and everyone needs to look the same and everyone needs to do the same and think the same and blah, 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 all the same <laughs> that we can't bring that energy when we're looking at 
the spiritual world. We can't bring that energy when we're going into quantum levels of experience. When we're talking about multidimensionality, it is such a unique experience that everyone has access to and they're already doing it. Like it's not something you have to effort at. You don't really have to take that course um, in order to be certified in something that is so unique to your soul that you've been doing for lifetimes. Of course you can, but it like if that energy is, is coming from, I need to do this because I want that connection. You just need to just sit and just be and listen to yourself. And, and that those, you know, that voice, that, that intuition will guide you to that person, place, or thing, or to that meditation practice in order to get what you're seeking. Because ultimately what you're seeking is just peace and acceptance of the self. Because once that's there, once you honor how unique you are and how your uniqueness is constantly changing, then the doors just fly open. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so interesting to hear that. And it's, it's like you said, I, I believe that, you know, formatting so many things, it's, it's like I said, such a detrimental to your own uniqueness. And this is what I wanted to share on this topic is how I do trust that even if you don't take all the courses, that you are able to, on your own, get to where you want to be. And I'm going to say this in this way. So the other day I was talking to my friend. She was going through a shamanic training. And, you know, I like we talked about this in the podcast all the time, that they don't let me have a teacher because I'm not supposed to have a teacher. And I think that's the way it is. So I was talking to her and I was telling her that um, I was going to, the mastermind, I got this message to do this thing for my for my people. And I, I explained what I was supposed to do. And they gave it to me like a day before I was supposed to go in these sessions. And she said, you know what you're doing? You're doing um, psychic surgery, I think she, she called it. And I'm like, what is that? Just like exactly what you just said. That's a shamanic practice. And I said, oh, really? It's so funny because it got to me. I was sitting and they told me exactly what to do. I was going to do this, pick this out, put this back in, bring it back, close the energy. And they showed me like, like steps one, two, three, four, five. And she said, that is exactly what I just spent a month kind of learning in this shamanic training. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting. So I absolutely from experience, personal experience, believe that we are able to discern and to learn and to really as the more we trust, the more we're able to get to where we want to be, that connection, that seeking on our own yes absolutely take trainings if you want that's okay but i do believe that we are able to do that on our own for sure yeah i'm just laughing because a year ago you would have said something completely different absolutely absolutely so daniela and me we started <laughs> giving each other reiki and one of the first thing i told her i'm like stop looking for a teacher why are you looking for a teacher she's like well you know i'm not really you know i just want to do it the right way and you know honor the practices i'm like you will because you already have like you have that within and then it was a journey and once you put that human doubt down like everything changed mm. to the point where then another session when i was giving her reiki i'm like whoa you know this is in a different frequency that i cannot communicate with just yet like i can't tap into it and I told you, and that's why I told you, I think you have to find someone else that you can talk to that will be able to help you mm -hmm. in a better way. And that's when I and found that's you find. Aww. <laughs> but this is so Sorry, beautiful. Right? And what I, yes, absolutely. But that's so right what you say. That's exactly how it happened. Mm -hmm. But on that, on this multidimensional, mystical, magical being, I want to ask Layla how, and this is, you know, our reason for this podcast is to really honor our human side as well as our spiritual side. So I want lastly to ask you about how do you balance, you know, this super connection to your spirituality, to your multidimensional nature into having a normal life, like having a human life or day-to-day you know, day -to -day. It's like buzzing. Let me just cut it up. It's still buzzing. I'm echoing. Can you hear now? Yeah, yeah but, it, but sounds it sounds like it's buzzing. buzzing. Your feedback of what I'm saying. Okay, because mm. on this end, everything is fine. Yeah, on our end, everything is good. 
yeah I think we're good okay is it oh weird? yes yes okay yeah yeah it's so much better now yeah that was weird there for a second oh no I just okay wait no it's good <laughs> okay okay so on this topic of mystic and multidimensional beings and all of this spirituality i want to bring us back to our human side just for a little bit because our listeners and the way mystic podcast came about was to honor the spiritual aspect as much as the human aspect so i want to ask you like how do you go about on your everyday how do you continue to honor this human side of you as much as you have this you know super strong connection to to your multidimensionality, yes. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I think who I was even five, six months ago, I would say, well, I do these practices to stay in my human self and I do these practices when I wanna open up to multidimensionality. But really what I'm understanding is I am spirit in a body. I am consciousness in a human body. And, you know, there was a message that came forth a while ago from um, a group of beings that I channeled, and I can't remember who it was. Um, this was like my early days when I first started channeling is, you know, they said your, your soul isn't in your body. Your body is in your soul. And so it's interesting, right? When we think we're walking this human journey, which we absolutely are, there's a part of us that feels, well, this is a very secular experience. This is a very material, tactile experience. Therefore, it is not spiritual or it's not accessing that multidimensionality, that vastness of all that we are. But really, you know, I've, I've sort of integrated and embodied that understanding that we're always consciousness in a body we're always the all that is in in a physical form and that's just one aspect of our multi-dimensionality and so because of that there can't be that much of a separation between you know human and spirit of course you know we can look at you know if we want to classify things as human as sort of the you know doing taxes or you know interacting with that human that's a little bit you know, gets on our nerves sometimes. It's a very human experience in our, in our perception. But really, you know, it's the vibration of those experiences that sort of negate our ability to experience even those interactions as spiritual. And what I mean by that is, what would it be like if we were fully present in the awareness while we were doing our taxes? You know, what would it, would we feel that angst? Would we feel that restriction? Would we feel that resistance? Would we feel that like, ugh, it's just going so slowly. I don't want to have to deal with this. Because when we feel that, we're situated in our mind. And that's not really in the present. And when we're in the present, we're experiencing our, our being a consciousness in a human vessel. We're experiencing the vastness of our existence. And I really, you know, the more that I, it is a practice. The more that I, you know, because we've been so situated in the mind, but the more that I practice, you know, being in my body and being in the now, everything becomes spiritual. It's like in a walking meditation of just gratitude. Whereas before, you know, I would have written things in my journal that I'm grateful for. I would like counted it off in the morning. I'm grateful for this, that, and the other, where it's just becomes a walking meditation of gratitude. And even in those situations of, you know, where I would once hold a story in my head and say, well, I don't like what just happened there. That's me being in the mind and that's not really me being in the present. That's not me witnessing and remembering that I'm consciousness having a human experience. And that, you know, you know, I say that and I don't want anyone to think that it's that easy because it's a practice as, as anything is. And you know, when we've been focused in the mind for so long, I think it does take some getting into the body of like getting into this now moment. And what does that really mean? Because ultimately, you know, and I used to look at myself as, you know, once I, you know, came to the realizations about my gifts now and then how I offer them in the world, you know, there was a part of me that was like, wow, you know, I do miss acting some days, you know, I do miss just working and collaborating on a you know, on a show or a little scene with someone. And, and there was a part of me in the past that would have judged that as like, I can't do that. It's not spiritual. 
But it's like, I am always spirit in a body. I'm always consciousness in a body. I'm inherently spiritual. And so anything that I do is just a vibration and just me making an imprint of that spirituality to that inherently spiritual work. You know, so I think it's a perception shift that, that, you know, I needed to go through of not seeing acting as less than or more of a dense experience or a third dimensional experience, but that that is, that it just inherently is because I inherently am, you know, I am just spirit in a body. I'm already spiritual. So anything I do will be spiritual because it just, it all is. <laughs> I love that. That's, that's quite amazing. Thank you so much, Layla, for your time, for sharing with us your experience and for coming on the podcast. It's been such an honor talking to you. We would like to, and I'm sure our listeners will love to hear where to find you, how to get in contact with you and what you're up to these days. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for, you know, firstly having me on. It was such a, a great experience and conversation and um, you both are amazing souls. So it was such an honor for me. Um, so you can um, follow my work on Instagram at um, light with Layla. So it's L-I-G-H-T-W-I-T-H-L-A-Y-L-A and my website, which is www.lightwithlayla.com. You know, I do one-on-one -on -one sessions with people. I do um, courses. I do channeled webinars. I just finished one this past weekend on understanding authenticity as a process of our ascension, um, which is very interesting. And, you know, with those experiences, we always have an activation that's offered to sort of embed the vibrations of the messages that came through. I'll be offering another one soon in the future on how to, you know, get in touch with our own discernment technology because, you know, at this time we're sort of reconnecting to our multidimensionality. And so as we reconnect to that multidimensionality, there can be an inundation of information and we kind of get overwhelmed. And then we're like, well, what's the highest truth? And, you know, it's kind of the conversation that we've been having here. And so I think what the guides will bring in is sort of an understanding of you know, what is truth? What is the nature of truth? And how can we all access that uniquely in the way that our bodies, our, our technologies are, are uniquely designed to? So that will be coming out, I think, at the end of February um, in a few weeks, um, which I'm very excited for as well. I've also been getting these downloads of you know, conversations with Archangel Michael, and that might be a book, who knows? <laughs> it's just, it's like downloading and streaming in nonstop, um, which I'm very excited for. And um, I'm just taking it now moment by now moment. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Yeah. And I have been to one of uh, your webinars, the one about abundance, and it was so beautiful. The activation at the very end just left me with bliss and like, flying very high <laughs> so i totally recommend it and again thank you so much for being in the podcast and thank you guys for listening remember to join the facebook group remember to send us a dm if you have any questions or if you have any questions for for lila we can pass on and yeah until next time until next time Thank you so much for turning into Misted Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please let us know your thoughts. Leave us a review and share it with your friends who might benefit from this conversation. 